What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lead Fast Podcast, Going Pro. We have a special guest yeah. with us, Brett Lockett. He is a former NFL player, entrepreneur, business consultant, legend, just a savage. We're so excited to have him on. Yeah. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. I'm joined with Tommy. What's up, guys? Fearless leader. Yeah, Brett Lockett. I did, so everybody this morning was like, uh, how did you get Brett Lockett on the thing? And I was like, you know, you know people. When you're, when you're cool like me, you run in cool circles. And that's honest to God, the truth. Uh, not, the really? cool, not the cool like me part. I, I'm part of this group based in LA called Metal. And mm -hmm. I, Brett's a part of that group. And Brett deserves to be in that group. And he should be in that group. I'm not sure how I'm in it. Um, but Just, it is a group of like, it's like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but in real life. And they're so cool. And so through that group, I met Brett. So Brett, welcome to the show, man. We're excited that you're here. You're a humble guy, man, because, you know, <laughs> he is any, humble. Guy in metal, any guy in metal was absolutely supposed to be in metal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been great getting to know you and I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast. So like, like we said, when we started, uh, played in the NFL, yeah. made it to the show, like he was there. He did the dang thing, but that's not where it started. So you're a Cali boy, right? You grew up in California? Born and raised. Born, Born and raised. raised. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I like the sunshine. And it, I was talking to someone from Canada the other day, and they were like, if it's below if it's, if it's uh, below 70, I told him I'm freezing. He's like, if it's above <laughs> 70, I'm, I'm freaking hot. I mean, I'm, I'm Cali before, so. That's awesome. So, uh, so Brett's still out in California, but you – so you grew up in Cali – and I'm just gonna give the quick rundown. Went to UCLA, played ball at UCLA, and then went to the got drafted. Went to the. Did you get drafted, or did you come in and walk like undrafted? No, I, I didn't get drafted. I, I was an undrafted free agent. So Man. I got a call after the NFL draft by my agent and said, "Hey, Brad, we're gonna send you the the Packers." And then ten minutes later, he called me back and said, "No, we're gonna send you the Browns for the Packers draft and safety." So yeah, I literally went. Uh, like the hardest way of getting into the NFL is through a tryout, and that's yeah. right, bro. Like, I think so. You ended up playing with the Patriots, though, right? Like, so you went yeah. Packers, Browns, Pats. No, so was Brown, Patriots for three years. Um, bounced out of the league in, in 2012. Was in the UFL. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, they yeah. Back to the Jets in 2013, and that's that's when I wrapped up. Bro, how good did it feel to go to the Pats from the Browns? I mean, like. <laughs> It's, I mean, honestly, uh, it was my first year. So I, I you know, it, it, playing it, anywhere it was good. <laughs> anywhere, right. You could have sent me in Canada. If there was an NFL team in Canada, I would play, right. So it didn't, it didn't matter. Um, but um, just the fact of how it happened, you know, I was supposed to get signed to the practice squad and then the Patriots ended up picking me up. So awesome. um, what happens is, you know, they have to physically release you. So the Browns released me one day. I walk in the next day and I get signed by the Patriots and I'm flying to meet. Uh, Bill Belichick the following morning. So, Dang, man. You know, it, that's it, crazy. It was kind of those life, one of those life changing moments, but um, it, it, it was so um, just humbling to be a part of that organization. I bet. So, so this this series is our our going pro series, and like I said, I've got this theory. And so, like for me, the I always feel like you can be only one of three places in life, right? So you can be uh, exactly where you are right now. You can be excellent at what you're doing or you can be exceptional at what you're doing. And so for me, the way I define it is excellence is when you find something that you love to do and can do it with passion because you can have perfection and not have excellence because you can't have excellence without being passionate about what you're doing. And I like, so I want to get into your like sort of college story because I, I feel like most college athletes to make it to the college level, mm -hmm. 
you have to be excellent, like right? You have to be passionate about football because it's a grind. Like that, you live it, right? Like yeah. you all the time. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes you sign up for something you weren't ready, <laughs> ready for, right? <laughs> so you know, I, I signed up. There was a lot of guys that signed up, you know, as well, but they necessarily weren't ready for what what you know you had to put in it to necessarily play football, and so. You know, I, I remember there's there's guys that I'm still friends with to this day that, you know, hated working out, hated getting up at 6 a.m. And, and just hated doing certain things, hated hitting people. Um, I, I There were times where I did not like doing any of those things, but I knew that that's what I had to do in order to get to where I was going. And so um, <clears throat> I, I truly believe that if you really want something uh, and you want something at a high level, you have to understand this, this process of, of delay gratification. And that's and so good. Most yeah. people don't understand that. Right. So that for me, it goes to like discipline. And I think, so I think if you're, if you're exactly where you are, you can add passion and get to excellence. But if you have excellence and you want to get to exceptional, you have to add discipline. And mm -hmm. because, and I, and I always go back like to just stay right here at football, man. I always go back to like Johnny Manziel, like yeah. Johnny Manziel was excellent. Right. And excellence always promotes you. And so like, but what he wasn't was disciplined. And mm -hmm. if you are excellent long enough, you get promoted to equilibrium. So like Absolutely. he was better than everybody in college yeah. and he was really good. And then he got to the pros <clears throat> and he wasn't, ex he wasn't a standout anymore because everyone else around him was as good as he was. Yeah. Right. And he wasn't willing to be disciplined. And because he wasn't willing to be disciplined, he became average and that made him lose his mind. Mm. I think if you spend yeah. your entire life being exceptional, like better than everyone, and all of a sudden you're average, that's enough to kill a man. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think discipline is one thing. I think focus is another. Um, oh, that's because good. I think most most players or anybody who really makes it to a high level is extremely disciplined. But I think you lose focus along the way. Right, mm. you start saying this isn't necessarily the priority when you know if you're playing a pro sport, that is the that is always a priority. There's nothing more important than an endorsement not an event um and and that's and i actually got into into that when i was playing you know in the nfl is you know i started doing some things that weren't necessarily as high up on the totem pole that you know as football and um and you know part of it was because i was injured and i had a bunch of time and you know when you're 22 and you got money like what are you gonna do you're gonna fucking go out and do the things you want to do yeah so, right right but you know, I, I'm, I, I truly believe that if you can focus long enough on on what it is that you want, you absolutely get. Man, so but, bro, I feel like you had every opportunity to completely derail your life. Like you know, growing up in Cali, going to school in LA, UCLA, being a standout athlete, yeah. getting into the into the into the NFL, having that kind of money thrown at you, and then like you said, having a, a a small derailment where you had an injury that first year, and then like having all that availability that time. I mean, like I would have, bro, I would have melted my life down. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm self aware enough to know if I was 22 and wealthy, I would, I would have melted my life down, bro. How did you avoid that? Yeah, you know what? I at, at first I did. I, I did exactly what you did, um, or what you just said, which was, you know, I, I, I injured my well, my first year. I tore my growing um, week twelve, and so I had. We were still in the season. I was still going to meetings and um, participating in the team. I just didn't go out and practice, so that wasn't as bad. I was still kind of in it. But my second year, I come back. First two a day, I tear my pet, mm. and that's you're done for the season. You tear your pet, right? So. Um, literally from from august 
to to for the rest of the year i was done at nine o'clock and i was still getting paid and so first thing first thing i, I did wrong was um i went to a nightclub and um ended up getting an altercation with one of the police officers before uh, the time before when i went in, in providence rhode island police officers sit outside of clubs instead of bouncers and so I went back um, the like like three weeks later, and the police officer remembered me, and he pretty much kind of he wouldn't let me into the club. And I said, "Well, hold on, I know someone. I didn't even remember this was the same guy." And I sat outside the club, and the guy got in my face, and he said, "You're not going to get in." And I just put my hands behind my back and backed up, and he arrested me. And wow! So, I'm not even playing, right? And he, he rest, he, and the thing he arrested me for is, is failure to move and some other bullshit, right? It's, it's failure to move and one other thing, right? And so I get out of it. I go to jail. They book me, all that, all that shit. And the next morning, I have to go to the stadium and apologize to Robert Kraft. Only, only time I ever sat in Robert Kraft's office was oh. pointing out, right? And so, you know, it, it's time is, is, is the worst thing you can give any man with, with, you know, with money, it really is. <laughs> I know, no, no, your purpose is taken away because I'm like, okay, well, I'm done. Like, what am I going to do? I can't work out. Right. So literally all I did, first thing I did was go out. I'm like, all right, I can't do that. So let me do what the next best thing is. And I started rapping. Right. That's what I knew. That's what I was interested in. So, okay. Oh, time out. Cause I've time out. You started rap. Now I have seen, I have seen a video online and I was like, Oh man, this is so good. Rapping. Yeah. Oh, so I started, you know, going to the studio. I ended up recording a bunch of songs. I ended up shooting. I shot a video in the Dominican Republic. I, yeah, you know, that's what I, saw. So I, I, I was I was hardcore in it. But I say that to say that you know I wasn't focused on the main things, right? And and you will always you will all you will never get to where you want to go if you don't keep the main thing. Man, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's and and that's from a guy who like. You, and you recovered like so you so you derailed but man you got it back on track i mean i know like what, yeah. was, what was the what was the like the the linchpin for that because there are a lot i think there are a lot of people that with like even without those resources still have that same story you know because sure. you can mess your life up not be a millionaire you know yeah. <laughs> there, there are a lot oh, yeah there are a lot of ways to do that yeah so i i had some smart people around me and so part of the reason why i was doing music was i was trying to brand myself as this you know athlete slash musician slash entrepreneur it's kind of like you know uh, a jay-z that played football right and so you know that was kind of the the, the impetus there and so um the only thing that really didn't work was the football because I was, I was consistently hurt right? right if you're a star everything else starts to trickle down um if you're good at it um, and so I got around some really, really smart business guys and started going to New York a lot more. Um, I started working on some deals outside of, um, you know, traditional means of, you know, my financial advisor started working on raising capital for companies and learned a ton of shit, got my ass burned, um, got my ass handed to me, got spit out the other way, um, didn't really know business at a high level. And so I started to really lean into a lot of these guys that I have relationships with and, and they kind of helped me and pulled me along the way. Man, that's yeah. We we talk here. A lot. It's one of our mottos. But you only learn two ways in life: mentors and mistakes. And yeah. uh, but like, I love that you were in a season where you had a bunch of both. Because if you get a bunch of if you have good mentors that'll help you survive big <laughs> mistakes, then you can really like sort of exponentially hyper grow. Because Absolutely. you can you can be doing both. You can be going through the mistakes and recovering quickly, and mentors helping you see bigger mistakes. And like, so you can you can avoid some stuff that way, man. I and so so. 
you spent two years two years with the Pats, but you were injured. Three years with the Pats. Three, okay, and then you ended up, but somehow you ended up with the Jets, which is yeah, yeah. So so pretty much what happened is I, you know the so Bill calls me in March of 2011. That's my third, you know, after the third season, and he says, hey, you know, we're we're going to move in a different direction, but I want to give you, I'm going to let you know this before everybody else. Um, you know, start getting released so you can get a jump on finding new teams. And so, you know, I, I always respect Bill for that and I always respect the Patriots for that. But um, ended up going to the Raiders, um, didn't get signed, ended up going to the Jets, tried out, didn't get signed, ended up going to the Vikings, didn't get signed. And um, it was because I had three years worth of injuries and I had no film. They hadn't seen me play football in, like, in three years. And so I'm showing up, we're not hitting, we're not tackling, and I have an injury history. And they're like, we don't, we're not going to sign this guy. So, um, this is July and everybody's going to training camp. Nobody's called me and my agent says, Hey, Brett, there's a sleeve called the UFL and um, they're, you know, they can provide six of what you make in the NFL, but it's eight games, it's a short season um, and you need film. And so I said, is this my, really my last opportunity? He said, I highly recommend you go. So I go there. Uh, we literally show up on Friday. We play a game on Tuesday. I've never done that before. Well, wow. so on Friday, start tackling right and play a game on Tuesday. It was the craziest shit I've ever been through, right? Talk about That's like crazy. your body going through it. My body went through it. But um was there for a month. League ends up filing bankrupt. They go into bankruptcy. Okay. They don't pay us, but it gives me the film that I need. And so I go back to the Jets in December and then sign with the Jets on uh the first of uh of twenty thirteen. So actually that was twenty twelve, so twenty thirteen. Man, what a like like so, but that's such a good. There's so much to be heard there. Like to, to if you're really just listening, like, like because you had this thing that like you are better than 99.9 percent of the people in the world at. You know, like because there are there are th- hundreds of thousands of kids playing safety. You know that aren't going to wind up in the NFL, right? And so like just to even have the opportunity to be on the threshold of being able to knock on the door, and then also on top of that have all these other, like, get into the door and then have all these injuries and get kind of, like, ushered back out to the threshold again and having to keep crossing over, man, that's that's a challenge. I, you have to be super mentally tough to be able to keep even just approaching that. The yeah, fact that you were able to do that's amazing. I mean, honestly, that's a mind fuck. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be honest with you, like, the hardest thing as a football, as a pro football player um, that isn't signed is to consistently work out knowing that you may not get enough and praying that you get that opportunity, right? You you still got to take care of yourself. You still got to eat the right things. You still got to go to the gym. You still got to go run routes or, or, or whatever it is that you're doing, but you may not get that opportunity. And anybody who's ever played, you know, in the NFL, at a, at a, you know, 95, 97% of people had had to go through that, right? And so, you know, doing that and then having to go play in this, this this league and not knowing whether or not I'd get back in the NFL. I don't know if you guys um, um, saw Batman with, uh, I forget which one, but it's with Bane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Christian Bell. Yep. So you remember when they dropped, when, when, when Bane dropped um, Batman in that hole? Yeah. Remember how he Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He kept falling, he kept falling. That's what 2012 was like. Dang, like man. And I had to, figure out who I was and fucking climb out of that hole and get back into the net. Wow. What was, what was the mindset like on that? Because I know failures, at least for me, they don't just like stack up. It's not like an additional thing. It's more like multiplicative because yeah. there's so much that goes into that physically if it's a physical thing, you know, like, but mentally 
it stacks against you. And so now what seemed like a small thing, you know, when you have a few of them, it just seems like a mountain now. I feel like on your level, the competition is so intense that you had to stay at top of your game. So what did that mindset feel like for you to not just keep going, but keep going to get to that level? Because some people will just check the box. Hey, I'm still doing this, still working mm -hmm. out, I'm still doing whatever. But you had to do it to a place to where you could stay competitive. So yeah. what, what, what was that mind like? What, what kind of kept you in the game like that? There, there's only one mindset that anybody can have that makes it through any type of adversity and gets to that kind of level. And it's, I'm going to be the best at what I do. Mm. You, you have to, there's, there's nothing else. I, I want to be the best at what I do. Not number two, not number three, or not the 1%. I want to be the best. And, and that's the only thing that really has, has kept me moving through all of this. And, and even all the future endeavors that I've gotten into now is like, I want to be the best at this. Yeah. And they're, they're, that's the only way that I've been able to really push through it. Obviously, you know, some people have other, other motives. Some people want to, you know, feed their family and, and things like that fortunately you know my family's taken care of so it, it was all really you know my intrinsic motivation right um yeah so that that was really the, the basis of it yeah i think that's interesting because you know like you you never lost your confidence in that because when when you were in those failures when when those things happened it wasn't like oh man it's like you knew you were still there like you like like mentally you're yeah. still better than everybody you just have to do the work to get there. Some people, when they hit, when they hit those, it's like, well, maybe I'm not as competitive, or maybe I'm not as strong, or mentally tired, or whatever the case may be, as I thought I was. But you, like what you said, is like you just—it's—it's it's not enough to think I want to be the best. It's—it's it's internally believing that I could be the best. Yeah, just knowing that you—you you can't not be the best. I feel like that's the confidence level you had to have. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I, you, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've always been kind of the underdog. And so that's, that's where a lot of that comes from. I, you know, I didn't even know how good I was in football until my, my junior year, my, my high school football coach, um, hid two, two letters, one from USC and another one from another school I forget, but he handed them to me. He didn't hide them, but he handed it to me two months after the, 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 he had received them. And what was an invite to, to the football camp at USC? And so I missed the camp. Right. Wow. And then at that time, Nike was doing these camps all around the country and college scouts can go out to, you know, college coaches could go out to the um, to camps. And so I went to San Diego State. There was probably like two, three thousand kids. And, um, you know, I just busted my ass. And a week later, I had a scholarship from Arizona University. So I really didn't know how good I was. And then, you know, before that, you know, I was bullied from middle school to high school to college. And so sports was always my way of showing people that I was better than yeah. this. I, I fit in, right? Um, so so I, I, I've always used sports. Um, well, back then, I, I, I would use sports to show guys like, hey, you guys can't beat That's uh, awesome. So talk to me about just uh, as much as you want to share, but like about like post NFL life, like because it's because yeah. here's what here's what I know, what I what I've observed about Brett. And this is what, what I love so much is that we could come on and fill up half an hour of stories from the NFL, right? And, and you know, that's, but that's not what defines him. He, he's not Brett Lockett, former NFL player. It's like Brett Lockett, like giant kick-ass in the real life, real world, yeah. real time right now. And by the way, he also used to play football. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, like he's, he's, he didn't used to be awesome. He still, still is, is like yeah. kicking ass every day. And so. Yeah. I appreciate that, Tommy. Yeah. So yeah. tell, tell me what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, a lot of people, tend to fixate on their, on their, on their biggest success. 
and they can never get past that one thing. And, you know, I talk about football because it, it is so relevant to so many things, particularly in business, which is, you know, what, what my, what I do now, it's everything that I do now. Um, but really, I think the biggest accomplishment after football is being able to find my next passion and purpose because to, to, to live, you know, your entire life for that one thing that you love and it's taken away from you prematurely. And now you have to go out and find something that was kind of my, my next conquest. And so it was like, okay, Brett, what do you want to be the best at now? And so, you know, originally I thought, you know, it was business. And then, you know, I ended up getting into private aviation, right? And so I was like, okay, well, I want to build the biggest private aviation company. And we've done damn fucking well. Um, you know, we own 20 aircrafts and um, fly clients all over the country and wow. the world. So it's been, it's been extremely, you know, successful, but that wasn't what lit me on fire. And so I said, okay, well, Brett, what lights you on fire? And so I said, well, I love business. I love working on business opportunities. So I started getting into finance. I looked at finance, right? And so I got into finance and wealth management. And I said, that doesn't light me on fire. What, Brett, what lights you on fire again? And so it, it, it's a constant um, evaluation of where I'm at and where I want to go, what intrinsically motivates me and what is my purpose. Yeah. And so. Once I figured out that was my purpose, I said, right, you like working in businesses, you like working on businesses, but you don't just like helping the business, you like helping people. And why don't you start figuring out ways you can help people? And that's when I got into the whole personal development thing and, you know, peak performance and, and, and working with Stephen Kotler and the Flow Research Collective, which is an incredible organization. But so what I do now is I, I light entrepreneurs on fire. I, I help them figure out their life and figure out their business at a very, very high level. That's crazy. I mean, like, yeah, so like it's it's just so cool seeing like how like in line like he is and I yeah. but coming from different places like right. you know like you know I I peaked my 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 uh, athletic career peaked in in high school and so uh, you know like now now I I don't tell Mark now, that bro believe it or not like I played quarterback in high school and five believe it. I believe it. Five foot five, 140 pounds soaking wet, but I can sling a football. It's the thing that I'm, it's, oh my God, yeah. Uh, it's still, to this day, I, it's it's the thing that I do better than any other sport. Like, I can sling a football. But, like, that that was never going to be a thing for me, mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. That was never, like, I enjoyed the leadership part of that. I enjoyed being the guy. And really, I went to this very small school, and the only reason I played quarterback early on was I was one of the only few the few kids that were smart enough to remember the plays. I mean, that's the that's the truth. Like, that's not even a joke. Like, I was one of the few kids that could memorize the playbook. And and that's why I started playing quarterback in, like, eighth grade. But, like, I love the leadership part of that. But to see my background and his background, like, I grew up in rural South Carolina, and he grew up, you know, in California and is an L.A. kid, and I am not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> at all I grew up like eating the dust of a tractor and uh and all that other like how but now here we are doing something that's so much in alignment yeah. which is helping entrepreneurs live their best life and really like he said lighting them on fire like I love that and so um so for everybody that follows lead fast like you sh if you are not following Brett Lockett on Instagram Twitter like all the social stuff if you go out to Brett, it's brettlockett.com and it's one T and the first part of the name and two T's at the end of the, so like it's, it's, it's Brett one T lock it two T's. Um, you got to check him out cause his stuff is so good. 
Um, I follow Instagram for me is like your Instagram channel, bro, is fire. I love like it. I, I love like it. I it, man. Thank you. every every day. There's something that like motivates me and challenges me and makes me think differently. And for me, that's where that's like fresh bread. Yeah, it's know? one of the few I'm subscribed to, so it's really good. I like it. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I mean. We, we have this thing that we're going to do, and it's it's a little, for me, it's terrifying. So we have these cards, right? And they're color-coded, and uh, and so everybody that watches our podcast knows uh, Daniel and I do these cards. Like, I like so there's there's lots of different ones. The yellow ones always make me cry, so we try to avoid them. They're, like, super deep. Yeah, like, really like, deep thought. Um, you cry? Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I hope not, bro. No, like, I get I, you. Have you, he seen, have you seen Drake's new music video? Uh-uh. No, no, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. He's in, he's, it's pretty funny. He's in there like crying, but you guys got to check it out. Drake's, uh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so like this was like, right, uh, uh, talk about a day or an experience that you've tried to forget. Bro, like you don't have to answer that, but what a like deep, yeah. like that's a deep question, right? Like, because people only try to forget the like hurtful yeah. things. And so this is making you bring up hurtful things. So <laughs> I've got, yeah. Yeah, we picked I, I pulled some, um, you okay, Tommy? Tried to like breathe and drink at the same time. And it didn't work out for I, me. Man. I, I, that happens from time to time. I pulled some. Uh, I pulled some fun cards. Um, I say fun because they're not like you know sad and gloomy. But I also have some really quick like fast answer questions that we'll start out with, oh, that sure. are just like one two word answers. I mean, you can say as much as you want to on them. But real quick, what is your drink of cho- choice? Like, I mean, alcoholic, non-alcoholic. What is your drink of choice? Tequila reposado. Okay. My man, my man went straight to the tequila. Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So, uh, what's your favorite TV show? Oh God, Suits. What, nice. what is it? Suits. Suits. Okay. Suits. I, I like. I, okay. So. Straight tequila. Very cerebral, business-minded TV shows. I see where this is We're going. We're building a profile. <laughs> what is? Uh, okay. What's your favorite topping on pizza? Oh gosh, um, prosciutto. You are bougie, bro. You are so bougie. I live in LA. Come on, you're so, you're so. He's like, yeah, it's straight, like neat, expensive tequila suits, and you know, prosciutto. The classiest I get on pizza is Italian sausage. Like, not just regular. <laughs> give me the Italian sausage, your finest, please, bro. That's so. Funny. No, I feel like this is a uh, criminal minds. We're building a profile. Yeah. We're building a profile. Oh, that's that's. I put ranch on everything, though. so I, I gotta put ranch on. Is okay, that, okay. Does that help at all? That humanizes you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that. yeah. that's a little. That's a little. That's a little. Bit. All right, we're gonna move on to the. I wouldn't say bigger ones, but they're probably more than no, one or I two. Wanna, I want to know this one. Okay. If, if you could pick, what would your superpower be? Being able to read people's thoughts. Mm. That's pot. So with all of our professionals, that's been a really like mind control yeah. or reading people like omniscience has been. We just completed your profile. We know you. Now. We know. We know you now. <laughs> we should have done this to start with. The interview would have yeah. been better. Yeah. <laughs> we could have asked the right questions. There we go. Yeah. We, we didn't know where to go with it. Um, okay. Card number one. The best boss you ever worked for was so good because dot, dot, dot. Because he inspired every single person in his organization to be better. Okay. That's awesome. Who was it? Can you say his name? Is that Bill? <laughs> that is that is Bill. Yeah. Coach Belichick. Bill. See, and I'm a I'm a Patriots hater, man. I you oh, know come on, come on, Tommy. Like and listen, I mean I, I, I still love the Patriots, but obviously I would still watch them because I'm a big Tom fan. Um but uh 
I don't think the Patriots are going to fall off. Uh, no. So I'm a big Patriots hater, but I don't have any reason to be, right? I'm like everybody else. It's like you just hate the – I don't want to be a bandwagon fan. You know, I don't want to just like, oh, I love the Patriots because they win all the time. And I'm a, Fal- I'm a Falcons boy. I grew up in the South, and so I, I, you know, I love my Falcons. But, man, I have so, like – I have so much respect. So like, it's a hate that I hate that I have. Like I'm not a Patriots fan, but God dang it. I love their organization. I love what they do. I love Belichick as a coach, you know, and people can say what they want to. That man wins. He's a genius. He's an, he might be an evil genius, but he is a genius. You've got some repressed feelings in there. We need to, because you may be a Patriots fan. Can you qualify that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, like he is like, so I, Okay, we're gonna get into Belichick for me. All right, I was I was <laughs> like I'm trying down. to avoid this, but here, okay, let's talk about Belichick. Um, like, so I love the two things about Belichick. I love that he is win at all cost, and I love that he is organization first, and, and he sees sometimes his outside actions, and he may be different in private, but his public actions seem as if he views players as commodities and not people. That's that's the and that's okay for him to do that professionally because it's his job to organize commodities in a way that makes the most return for the investment. Like he sees players as numbers and jerseys and talent abilities. It's like playing. Uh, it's like playing uh, Madden and like messing with sliders. And he's like just trying to get the best you know yeah. group of people. But that's his job. And I got so much respect for anybody that can have a hard job and just do the job and not do it apologetically. And so, like, hearing your story where he called you and was like, hey, we're giving you a three-day head start on everybody else, bro, that humanizes Belichick for me. And I'm sure that there are hundreds of players that have gone through his system that have stories like that. And he may be an incredible guy. And I know that people look at our organization from the outside and they go, man, Tommy's a douche. Like, he's just, he's, he's arrogant and all he wants to do is win. And these, not a person in this office right now would say that's true. So I get perception. And it's easy to hate on them. They won't say it to your face, though. N- not not get smacked. It's like, <laughs> but I think, but Belichick, because he's so quiet in the press and he doesn't talk and he doesn't give you any, any explanation, you know. Yeah, he's a very private guy. He, he, he doesn't believe in feeding into the hype. I mean, that's one of the, the signs on the on the door when you walk in and says, don't feed into the hype, right? Don't, oh. don't give the other team, don't give the media fuel, right? Yeah. What we need to give is, you know, tell talk. Say the wrong thing that to somebody and give them fuel to ammunition to actually go above and beyond what they normally would do. Yeah. That's that, that's that's stupid. Yeah. So all right. So you know, I, I I love hearing it from somebody that's actually been there. I have no outside of ESPN and all the idiot pundits. I don't have any reason to hate Belichick. I mean, but I just he, you know Sounds you like got a Patriots fan. Pull against. I might be a Patriots fan. I now. think Damn you are. It. I might I be a Pats fan now. That um, sucks. I'm going to get you a jersey with your name on the back of it. It's just a Patriots jersey. All right. Last question. What's one thing you would never do and why? So it's kind of deep. I wouldn't say it's too deep. That's a tough question for me because I I believe in living outside my comfort zone. So there's not much I wouldn't do. Um, I, I guess this is more of a, I guess, a, a general answer, but I would never do anything that goes against my morals and my ethics. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, being my best self, um, treating other people the way that I want to be treated, 
um, being accountable to myself and others, um, you know, yeah. being able to communicate, like all of those things. So it, Actually, look, look, I, I'll, I will never, ever, I can't say never, but it's probably, I probably never hold a snake. Never what? A snake. Oh, okay. Bro, I'm, me too, bro. Me. That, like, I, I thought about it I was, as I was talking, it started coming, and I was like, wait a second, Brad. There's certain things you don't, maybe, snake a tarantula like all of them. nah i'm out see yeah. i'm out on that bro i've got a friend and 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 they have two kids and they bought a like a python and then they, and they just like posted yesterday about like they've got lizards they're in the, like reptiles and they're they're such a sweet like normal family she homeschools and they want their kids to live the best life and they got this and the, dark and, then, and and they just brought another snake bro they live in atlanta i don't like driving through that city now like that's <laughs> i'm gonna fly over that i don't even i don't know i don't want to fly over it either i don't want to be a around plane. a snake at all bro never See, ever I, I grew up when i was a kid with an eight foot long boa constrictor in my house named tahara yeah, and, nah. and like just your parents, really, really, yeah. your parents didn't yeah. love you, bro. My, <laughs> I would see pictures of like them showing it to the the friends and stuff. I, snakes don't bother me. In fact, we oh, a guy that works here called me. He just bought a house and he was in his barn and found a snake. And I'm like, bro, stay right there. I'm coming to get it. So he stood there for 30 minutes while I went to his house to remove that snake. And I took it back to my house because I love snakes. Nah, yeah, oh, I'm not oh, coming oh, to your house yeah, anymore. What did you do with it? Where'd you, where'd it go? I, I put it in the because we have like a lot of uh, like new construction happening, but they halted. For for a little bit and so like there was like rats getting in some of the wood and the houses up the hill and i'm like okay. they're not coming down to my house i turned it loose in my backyard like uh it was i let my son see it and you like you nah. know my family just nah. uh, I, I mean i don't want them to have a i don't think they should love snakes like i I'm do i'm glad but this story came out today because i'm never coming to dinner at your house I actually anymore. put it in, nah, i'm up in tommy's yard i'm just trying to protect you from i'll the rats. kill you and that snake <laughs> i got guns i live in the south you can't do that in cali you can't have guns for snakes out there i've got them and i'll use them are there snakes in cali there's snakes. I've had, I've had a snake in um, my, my parents' house when we were growing up. We had a rattlesnake in the garage. Ooh. If you have a snake in California, you have to build it its own shelter. Oh. <laughs> you know, stimulus check. You get a stimulus check for the shelter building, and then you get a no. tax. Uh, you get taxed on the snake now <laughs> as a part of Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, no, and not in Cali. In Texas, you would get credits. In yeah. California, now the snake is actually a taxable member of your family. Yeah, it can you vote. To, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, but here we just shoot them. Yeah. No, funny story, not snake related. Tommy used to tell me about the metal group when I first got here. And I must have missed when you kind of told what it was. Yeah. But you come out, you talk to me or Jesse or somebody. And I was like, you know, you're naming people who's in there. You know, you talked about you. I think you guys have done a previous, like. Yeah, we had done it like a little a thing. Yeah. I'm thinking metal, like heavy metal, like music. Like he's like, like a metal group. Because I know Tommy, you, you, I mean, you play yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, man, this, I got this guy in my metal group. And I'm thinking is this like some Illuminati of the rich elite who has like some <laughs> heavy metal? And it took me months to figure out like metal, what was it, stand for Media something? and entertainment technology alpha leaders. So I'm glad that's out there because I would probably still think you were, you guys are moonlighting in some kind of metal band and just not telling me the full story about it. I was so confused. You know, we, we may be part of the Illuminati and I'm just not high enough in the group to know it yet. It's like, you know, Masons, you, you join and you don't, you think it's something else yeah. and then you get into it and you find out, oh boy, Dude, they are the Illuminati. You're just 
tier one metal. You hadn't climbed the ladder yet. <laughs> That's funny. Ken's, Ken's going to one day pull back and he's going to be one of the lizard people and have a, like a third eye. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Uh, if Beyonce. Listen, you can have some shit to say to you, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> we just jumped into a QAnon forum all of a sudden. If, I don't know if how Beyonce, that happened. If Beyonce's in that metal group, I, I won't have nothing to do with you guys. You really are the Illuminati at that point. If Beyonce's in that metal group, I'm never leaving. Let's be honest. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I gotta admit, I haven't been in a couple Saturdays, so if she joins, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. 100 percent. Well, hey man, thank you so much. You did it. You got all the way through it, and we didn't. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think we sounded too stupid today. Oh, no, we so didn't sound good. too stupid. So, we were all right. Yeah, yeah, I think we did good. I'm we proud did. of us. We did a good job. <laughs> way, way to go, team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being on, man. It's been such a pleasure having you. Um, Man, what's your uh, what's your Instagram again? Instagram handle? It's uh, Brett Brett with one T as, as Tommy said uh, underscore Lockett with two, um, and uh, in Twitter is Brett Lockett twenty six, and uh, my website is brettlockett.com. Brettlockett.com. You guys heard it? Check it out. We're Lead Fast Co at Lead Fast Co on Instagram, Facebook. Send us questions, we'll answer them. Check out leadfastco.com. We'll see you guys next time.